Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always with my friend, my colleague, my I guess cohort's not the word. My comrade. <laughs> cohort. cohort. I think you're looking for co-host. That's the co-host. No, I was trying to avoid that word. That's that's too normal. That's too ordinary. A colleague. A comrade. We're not comrade. A comrade in arms. A comrade in arms. I, that's, it's because I forgot your title. I don't know. Your... Academic advisor. Academic advisor. <laughs> we need something a little more. It's a bit flashy. Fla- no, that's not flashy. I was about to say we need something flashier. Okay. Yeah. Well, you just wait to put, humble me today. Just, I guess so, yeah. yeah. My fifth favorite Scotsman, <laughs> Ross Ferguson. I want you to name the first four. The first four. Uh, Alistair Begg. I knew that was Sinclair good. Ferguson. Billy Connolly. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> and then there you are sitting okay. nice and... I feel like I'm pretty high up. That's good. Yeah, in, number five. Yeah. I can't really think of any, any more Scotsman. More <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to ask you. Uh, I, I thought about this the other week. Um how do you guys feel about Braveheart? Oh, okay. Is that like to you what like, I don't know, Red Dawn or... Well, I don't know Top, what Red Dawn is. Top Gun or um, something is for us? Or? The, well, there is, there's two things. Okay. One, the stereotype is just way overplayed. So okay. you, you say to someone, hey, I'm from Scotland. They're like, freedom! Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, we won that a long time ago. Right, we don't right. need to keep saying that. Yeah, yeah. But second, when we moved here, I forgot what the film, like all the quotes from it. Like yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. quote is, you look like your mother. Um, that's my favorite <laughs> quote. You need to watch it. Um, but one of those things off, I was like, oh, maybe I need to watch this again. Everyone keeps mentioning it. Yeah. And when I watched it, I was like, this is a little racier than I remember. Oh, okay. so, it's been years since I've seen it. Yeah, so well, there's remember. a few scenes that you're a bit like, okay. yeah, I'm going to look at the wall instead. <laughs> I just remember it was really violent. It I is quite violent. Yeah, okay. heads get chopped off and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's got the best scene in the world where, okay. you know, the person's getting stretched out longer. Disemboweled, than, yeah. Or yeah, no? okay. and, and they're going, freedom. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> but over, over there, no. y'all, y'all don't really care about the movie. It, it's Mel Gibson. I mean, he's not. He's what not is Scottish. He's Australian. He's Australian. He? Or is he, yeah, he's Australian. So our viewpoint is, uh, we have, you know, we've suffered through. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> like, everyone's here's like, hey, I've got heritage from Scotland. Yeah, hey, yeah. freedom, and we're like, okay, we're, we're <laughs> like, there are better. I think David Tennant. If you want an actor that's okay. actually Scottish, yeah, that is yeah. good. David Tennant is and, the way to and go. Has he done sort of a movie that would be like the? He was the Doctor in Doctor Who. I know that, but I mean, um, has he done a movie that for um, you guys is like, oh, that's it? That's he was one. in Broadchurch, yeah, and I, he did a very good job in Broadchurch of being a miserable Scotsman. I know, but do you want that to represent Scotland? I don't really want disembowelled freedom as representing <laughs> Scotland. You know, I just like what's your patriotic? Uh, you know, that's our homeland film. You know, like so in Australia, like speaking of Australia, they have uh, what's the Mel Gibson movie about? Uh, I think the Bounty. It's called. So they've got that, which uh, is a historic look at a moment during the war that um, was really meaningful. In fact, they have a national holiday. I've just thought of one. I've literally just thought of one. Sunshine on Leith. Sunshine on Leith. So it's the Proclaimers who are the famous uh, famous Scottish duo. Exactly. I'm not going to sing it (laughs) because you don't want that. I've got a voice for podcasting, but but not a singing voice. Um, But yeah, Sunshine on Leith. It's... um, it's a comedy, but it's also sad. There's sad parts in it, but okay. it shows off Edinburgh, and that's Edinburgh, not Edinburgh or Edinburgh, yeah, right. uh, as Americans say. Uh, but yeah, it follows the Proclaimer songs, and and everyone's Scottish in it, so it's authentic 
Um, okay. Yeah, and I went to the, the cinema, the theater, to watch that, and like everyone's singing the Proclaimer songs in the theater, <laughs> and you just great. know who's not Scottish because they're sitting like yeah. prim and proper, trying not to sing, and we're like you. screaming the songs. That's awesome. But and it has no freedom in it. Like the freedom okay. word just grates on us a little bit. Do you know? How, why do you hate freedom so much? No, we You're love. We love. <laughs> we love freedom. We have freedom. You're that, in the wrong place. That was one a long time ago. Okay. We just don't need Mel Gibson to tell you just us. Don't need to rehearse it every you know winter. Like, well, if you're Texan, you remember the Alamo. It doesn't matter how yeah. long, you know, old that gets. You yeah. still remember the I, Alamo. Most Americans I speak to are like, but it's it's just got that strong message of freedom. It's like, I know we've had it for a thousand years. <laughs> like we've moved on. <laughs> yeah, it's the the line is what like they may take our lives. Is that what it is? They may but take they can our, never take. Our they freedom. may take our lives. May take our lands, but they can they never, never take, take our freedom. Yeah. So yeah. Good deal. All right. Hey, today we're talking about worship leader pet peeves, which is not. Pet peeves that worship leaders have. No. Who cares about those guys? I don't. I don't know what worship leaders. <laughs> I don't know what their pet peeves are. Uh, no, we care about them deeply, which is why we're going to talk about the things about them that bug us. That bug us. Yes, pet peeves that we yeah. have about worship yep. leaders. Uh, and I've got a few. I think you've probably got a few I, down. I've, I've I've got far more pet peeves than I do have positives, but I, oh, I'm hoping no. we'll hopefully turn to positives later. All right. Well, since you have more, we'll start with you. What's your What's your first okay, pet first, peeve? What, first pet peeve is a mini sermon before the song. Oh, I've got uh, that. Uh, okay, got that we'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have no interest <laughs> in hearing 10 sermons, uh, you know, in, in the service. Yeah. And, it's, and it's always... Really well thought through. Do you know, I've I've sat down, I've really meditated over this song and let me give you five minutes as to why we're going to sing yeah, this song. Yeah. I'm like, can we just sing the song <laughs> and worship? Like, thank you for taking my eyes off Jesus and onto mm. your thoughts. Let me go back to Jesus. So, oh, wow. So, I'm, so I get quite aggressive here. <laughs> it's a little stronger. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, many sermons before songs is a yeah, big so note for me. I, I, I've, I've got where they re-preach the sermon. Okay. Oh, yeah. So this is like a thing like after you've preached and then the guy gets up to do the song, the closing song, and he's trying to like review everything you just said and bullet point. And usually they get it wrong or they like. Or they forget one. It's like, so here's one, two, and three. And oh, yeah. What what was the third again? (laughs) Or they take a minor point. This is, you know, the thing that bugs me is I take like um, some kind of sub point from the sermon and they accentuate that. And you're like, no, I was really trying to close with. Yeah. A focus on Jesus, yeah, yeah. and you, you're taking people back to some yeah. application point or something. You know, there's a difference between that and, you know, I think we would like worship leaders to sort of shepherd the moment, particularly if they're called a worship pastor, but, you know, people to sort of lead us into yeah. this time of singing and, and, and praise. And so scripture reading, maybe a, yeah. a note of insight, but you're right, when they kind of go on and they're they're preaching, yep. they, and they seem like, you know, it's the frustrated preacher. Yep. It's a, that is a pet peeve. The, the other one at the end is after the sermon where they go, I think that sermon just fits so well with my final song. And you, yeah. you go, it, it really doesn't. <laughs> you know, like, don't say that. I know that's a habit yeah. that you're saying that. It really doesn't. Right. <laughs> and if you have to point it out, it, yeah. it, it probably doesn't. Like, let us... Let us know that while we're singing. Oh, wow, this fit really well with the sermon. Okay. Um, Let me start with a big one for me, uh, which is when we treat the music time of the worship service like a concert. And I know this is like I have this residual reaction to this. It's, It's almost a reflex to it from my attractional days where the whole thing was a production, the lights and the fog and and everything else. So 
I, I have to kind of even work against that. If it, when I'm in churches now and I travel around a lot and, and, and speak in a lot of churches, and there's some that will have different levels of production values, and there's some I just I begin to tense up. <laughs> even when it's not done necessarily terribly, I just, yeah. have to, I just have to remind myself, like, okay, different contexts and different styles, and that's, and that's fine. Let me look at the content and yeah. so on and so forth. But there's times where you just think, like, the, all of the conversation, all the talk, all the lead-up, all the prep is revolving around this production. Yeah. And I was in a church not too long ago where I was asked the question— about um, we were talking through transitions, like when you're going to come up and all these things that we never talk about at Liberty. Do you ever, yep. you ever notice that? I've, like, I've never noticed I've, that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I preach every twice a year. No one ever says, like, okay, now, like when you come up, it's just you come up after the song. Yep. There's no like, are you going to come from this side or that side? And, the, and so the question was asked, um, are you going to be in the green room or are you going to come up from the audience? <laughs> And just the word audience kind yeah. of threw me off. And I, and it's kind of a neutral. Yeah. I mean, I understand what people mean, right? We would say congregation. Congregation. But the word audience, I just thought, gosh. I, yeah, you're yeah, watching I something. I mean, I, I'm going to take this yes. a little bit further yeah. and say the performance element and the kind of production, instrumentals. I, oh, okay. I can't cope with instrumentals yeah. during a song. So you've got this big production. Like a, a guitar solo. A or a guitar solo. Like, yeah. And we're just all meant to stand there and sway to the music. And yeah, I, yeah, I can't deal with that. And again, it's all this kind of <laughs> production element. But I've got to pick up something here. Okay. Uh, you said the audience, that kind of just grates on you. Uh, I've never been in a green room, just so you, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> like, oh, have you been to the yeah. green room? I'm like, I'm usually the pastor at the door, yeah. you know, trying to bring in the stragglers. Right. I don't know, I've never had a green room. <laughs> well, the green room is mainly for the band, and it's yeah. typically in churches that have multiple services, yeah. and so the band will hang out in the green room. Um, but I, I did. <laughs> I served in a church once, so this is a long time ago, uh, in my attractional days, where um, the pastor stayed in that room oh, no. until it was time for him to come out to preach, and then he would go back to the room until it was the next time for him to come out to preach, and then he would go back to the room. And it was very much like uh, he even wanted, um, when we were remodeling, he wanted his own private parking garage. I'm not making this up. <laughs> a, a, an underground, like, parking level just for him oh, that he, so he could and, avoid you know, go people, from there. So he could avoid people, go from there. And it would be connected to his office. He yeah. he wanted to orchestrate the whole thing or organize the whole thing so that he didn't have as little interaction with people as possible. S- speaking of that, part of the performance issue, the audience issue, is to me when it's like a concert. You yeah. can't hear each other. Agree. Um, the music is so loud. And it's, it's, it's just so obvious that the congregation is being treated like the audience. Yes. And we're fine if you sing along. Yeah. <laughs> And we hope that you'll sing along. But it's it's really more for you to be spectating yeah. and for us to be sort of performing in front and, of you. And then the phrase comes out, let's really sing this together. That's and we're right. like, we're trying. That's right. <laughs> you know, we're trying. Lift your voice. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you hear us? Oh, yeah, because the volume is so loud. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think when I read through scripture, I think one of the, the most beautiful things is when you read about the voices of God's people being yeah. lifted high together. Uh, just uh, recently at, at Liberty, our own church, uh, there was a moment where our worship leader pulled back in terms of all of the musicians and it went just to voices. That's right. I feel like that is the most powerful moment when yeah. you realize actually we're not just singing this individually, 
we're singing this as a congregation, as one body, rather than an audience. And you don't get that same feeling with yeah. the volume turned to the mass. Yeah, but I mean, even when they're all playing, so say, you know, the full band is there, right? We've got the drummer and the bassist yeah. and the guitarist. It's still not that loud. And the, yeah, you can still hear the congregation. It's, it's. You know, I'm sure we sound like old fogies. I was literally right saying we sound like two old grumpy men. You don't want it to just be to be like, clear. I'm not that old. <laughs> so, well, maybe I'm not I that am, grumpy. But, but <laughs> I probably am grumpy. But it's not about like, oh, this is hard for my ears or something like that. It's because the worship service is meant for the congregation yeah. to, you know, encourage one another yeah. with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's hard to encourage one another if you can't hear each other. And on a similar note, it's hard to do that if you can't see each other. Yeah. So the lights are turned down in the audience, yep. quote unquote audience, so that you can only see the the performers on stage. Yeah. It's 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 set up very much like a concert, and you know it's it's set up almost like an individualized experience. Yep. You can only hear yourself, yep. uh, you know, in your head, I guess. As even if you're singing, um, you can't hear the people around you, and you can't see the people around you. So it's all very much designed for you to have an individual worship experience and that whole vibe is just something that really bugs me (laughs) that can happen in theologically strong evangelical conservative churches i've been to several where you know the the sermon the the whole church environment was phenomenal it's fantastic glorifying to god yeah but just that half hour worship bit was dark room lights come on really loud and i don't think this is just a type of church i think this transcends way beyond yeah. denominational structures and things. Well, I think um, for a lot of folks, they're not really thinking deeper than um, what is the style or, mm-hmm. or you know, in, in their mind, I think it's sort of like, you know, contextualized. This is what people like. This is what maybe even attracts people or makes people who are visitors or seekers feel comfortable. They're thinking on that level. So they're not totally unthinking. Yeah. They're thinking about what connects and those sorts of things. But they're not thinking deep enough to say, what does this communicate about worship and who's the center, right? Who, who is the audience, first of all, of a worship service? The audience is God. Mm. This is, we're singing to him. It's not you know, primarily about how people feel in the congregation. You know, that's a byproduct of exalting and singing to God. He's the audience. So when you design your service in such a way that it's oriented around what people like or feel, or th- that should be yeah. secondary, yeah. you know, to, you know, the primary purpose of it. Um, let's talk about just, you know, some of the leadership stuff. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that, that, that really bugs me, and, and I know this is probably a matter of taste, but when, when they're leading a song and, they, and it gets fancy, it's, it's hard to sing. <laughs> so it's a song that's really designed per, you know, for performance, and it could be a song— um, that's easy enough to follow, I suppose, but it's not really a a, wor- a congregational worship song. It's it seems more like a pop song or an artistic song, and it just kind of goes. It kind of meanders. Some yep. of the newer stuff, I don't want to name names, but I, I've got it on my list. So I'm right with okay. you. I, I, I put overcomplicated songs, overcomplicated songs, like, yeah. And it and it's it's more the tune rather than the words. Yeah, um, yeah. And and <laughs> it's when like we have to sing. At a different speed than the musicians, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm not with you. <laughs> right, right. I've checked out. But yeah, overcomplicated songs, they just they don't need to be overcomplicated. You don't need to show off your ability right. to play an instrument. Incredible. I, if anything, I feel like the worship leader and the worship band should be 
almost behind the scenes. Yeah. Do you know, they're, they're, they're leading us, but they're not trying to show off. And just overcomplicated songs. I'm just, just even if I'm, as I'm saying this, songs are coming to my mind and I don't want to say them out loud. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes those songs can be theologically rich. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're about like a vibe. Like I feel like, oh, this is the song where I'm supposed to feel a vibe yeah. or something. Yeah. And because the words are kind of arty or obscure yeah. and they kind of meander, there's no clear structure to them. I mean, there's a reason the old hymns that have lasted for hundreds of years um, are still sung yeah. today. And it's not just because they're old. It's yeah. because they follow a clear structure. Yep. They're, they're designed for congregational singing. You know, people who aren't very musical can follow along with them pretty well. Would you well. change the tunes, though? Like uh, See, Amazing like Grace this, this to Old Lang Syne? This, this is my next pet peeve. Okay. Is when they take a, a song that's familiar to everyone yeah. and they change something in it. They rework it uh, in such a way that it throws people off. Yeah. We're going to sing it in a different speed. We're yeah. going to sing it to a different tune. Adding something I, th- I think is a lesser problem. I don't like that either, really. But the the idea of taking a song that everyone knows yep. and you're getting into because it's it's now in the bloodstream. Yep. But, hey, guess what? We've injected it with a new <laughs> cadence, uh, a new melody, whatever it is, and people are just lost. So instead of, like, the undistracted being able to exalt mm. Christ, now I'm, ex- I'm distracted because I'm trying to figure out yeah. what you did with this song. I think adding in lyrics is fine. I think adding, um, I feel like the Gettys, uh, I've done that well quite yeah. often in terms of adding in a verse, but keeping the tune. Yeah. I think when the tune is played around with, um, it, it works better as a performance song. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the church can listen along to it. Um, I'm thinking of two that have been done, they've, they've been done well, but it threw me. Uh, one, will your anchor hold? That kind of, yeah, okay. I don't know if you know this one. I don't know. So this is U- <laughs> UK hymns. Maybe this uh, is a Scottish one. The, uh, the Proclaimer sang it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They just walk 500 miles. That's all <laughs> that's they right. do. Uh, but will your anchor hold is quite a, it's, it's, got a, it's got a beat to it. It kind of flows a, a very okay. certain okay. pace. And I know of a group that actually slowed that pace down to half the time. And it just totally threw everybody. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But Amazing Grace, if you want a Scottish version, Old Line Sign, it's got a decent tune to it. But again, it just throws people because, especially for Scottish people, we think we're at a New Year's New Year's <laughs> evening <laughs> okay. celebration and we're yeah. all ready to get up and dance. Oh, no, we're singing Amazing Grace. You know, it, it's What just you need the, to do is sing it like we used to do um, to the Gilligan's Island theme song. I don't know. Now. You, you don't know Gilligan's Island? No. Oh, man, this is some American <laughs> culture. You really need to... Yourself with. Your kids would love Gilligan's Island. Uh, okay, that probably means I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it was a television show from the late 60s and early 70s okay. about these seven castaways who get lost on the island and they get into adventures. And and Gilligan's a complete idiot and the skipper is his boss. Okay. Any, any, anyway, <laughs> we're the, digressing. You can sing away. Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Let's say, you're a wretch like me. Oh, right? no. So you sing it to the Gilligan's Island theme song. But at least the Gilligan's Island theme song, yeah. for Americans at least, that's in the bloodstream. You could pick that up. But yeah, when you change something, and I'll I'll add like adding things in. You you know I, I think we probably agree that's a lesser issue, but mm. it bothers me when when we got to do the whoa whoa woes in, in Christ alone. <laughs> oh. Whoa whoa, and I'm like, what? Why did this song need you know, whoa whoa woes? Yeah, and it doesn't need those. Especially if you're like me and you cannot sing. <laughs> that whoa whoa woes. Yeah, everyone just turns around and looks at me. It's like, what, is the what are you doing? Yeah. The yeah. My Chains Are Gone to Amazing yeah. Grace. My Chains Are Gone. I mean, 
Yeah. I, I, I don't like it. To me, it's like, let's take an old book and I'm going to write some new chapters and, and, you know, put them in the middle of that. Like, I wouldn't do that. I don't want anyone to do it, you know, to my books. So just write a new song. Yeah. The old song is fine. <laughs> I feel like we've moved from pet peeves to just grumpiness. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I do it's, agree. It's an aspect of changing something yeah. that people are familiar with. Write a new song. I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and sometimes the things that are added in, I, I feel like the reason they're doing that is not really to update or freshen yeah. something, um, but so they can get their name added to an, you know, public domain song and get some royalties off it. Or <laughs> so my, my next one, I think it's the worship leader's responsibility, but it's not actually the worship leader that does this. Okay. Okay. So I think it's the responsibility to sort out, but here I'm going to put two together. All right. Overcomplicated slides. That have like okay. a background that moves. Okay. That just makes me like feel m- sick. Moving wheat yeah, fields yeah. or something. My, my wife gets horrendously travel sick. And if something moves on a screen like that, she's she's passing out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. So overcomplicated slides. And if there is ever an argument to go back to hymnals, it is the slow clicking slide oh. that does not change oh. when we're ready to sing yes. the verse. I, what? <sighs> okay. Man, you you just unlocked something for me. You've unlocked next level grumpiness. Um, click the slide before we finish the last line. Exactly. Like maybe like while we're saying the last word. The last. Don't word. wait until it's time to start the first word. Agree. To click the slide because now we're already a half beat yeah. or more behind. Well, especially if it's got a song with Phil Gusto. Um, all all I'll say is there was a, a recent uh, <laughs> service that that uh, I believe we were both at and. Uh, <laughs> There was this you know, real gusto verse comes up. Everyone's yeah. singing it. You can just feel that sense of worship before Jesus. Yeah. And everyone just goes, oh. Because <laughs> we don't know what, <laughs> we the, don't know what the line is. <laughs> the next word Which, is. And I'm like, every time that happens, all I want is click the button. Yeah. Like literally just someone. But the issue with that as well is places, and I, I won't name names. Uh-huh. I, think, I think you'll know <laughs> where I'm talking about. It's when you just do two lines. On the slide uh, oh, rather yeah. than the full verse. C- can you give me the full verse? Okay, yeah, yeah. Or if you're doing two lines, click the button appropriately. Right, right. <laughs> because if it happens at the end of every two lines, you would think somebody would pick song. it up. That, that's what I, what interests me is after you've, wouldn't you notice a few times like, oh, people are slowing down or they're having to stall out or they're not singing the first word yeah. of, of every slide because I'm not clicking over yeah. quick enough. You would pick that up and go, oh, maybe I should click a little earlier. But I think that is the worship leader's <laughs> responsibility, not the, I mean, I know it's the AV team's responsibility, yeah, yeah. but I remember once somebody saying that the uh, pastor that's preaching is responsible for the room while they're preaching. So if everyone yeah. is getting hot and you can feel it in that room, the preacher needs to tell somebody to open the windows so they can focus, keep people's focus and yeah, attention. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of that kind of commanding the room a little bit because you're the one in the lead in the moment. I feel like for the worship leader, if the if the button's not being clicked, I feel like he needs to say halfway through the verse, can you click the button? Yeah, you know, sure you click be the button. responsible. Or maybe not during the service, but, you know, have if you've a got a repeat offender, having a conversation <laughs> at some point, like, hey, look, the the proper time is yep. when they're saying the last word of the of the previous slide, go ahead and click on over yep. <laughs> so that it's there. <laughs> and if they keep repeating, yeah. and maybe the words, um, I feel like you'd be blessed in another ministry. <laughs> maybe, uh, it needs to so. come your way. But, and, you know, their worship leaders, I feel like that'd be an issue for them as well because mm-hmm. those slides change for them, Usually, the ones that they the screens, see. Yeah. And so sometimes they're singing off of those rather yeah. than their, you know, yeah. sheet music or iPads or whatever else. Um, so I'm out of pet peeves. <laughs> oh, you, uh, no. <laughs> you got more. You think I'm the grumpy one. Uh, 
So I'll go through these quickly. I'll just piggyback off some of yours. Handing out instruments to children while we're singing songs. Oh, my word. I've been in a church that's done that in uh, a million years. So so is this a common Scottish thing? (laughs) Well, my last church, uh, my worship lead actually found it funny how how annoyed I was. It's like little shakers. Little shakers. And so like you're singing this really lovely, methodical worship praise song to 500 different beats. Uh, Tambourines. I can't do it. I'm I'm out of the room. Um, So I can't do that. The instruments in our church actually were, quote, lost. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They may have fallen off the back of a van somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, the other one is when the flags come out. Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've never served in a church like this, but yeah. I have attended churches like this where, uh, you know, where we're waving the flags, we're yeah. feeling emotional. Um, I don't get that. I don't get the flags. <laughs> I haven't know. been in a church that's done that. Okay. So. Well, the big flags come out. This is why it didn't stick uh, out for me. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone waves them. Okay. We all feel good. It's more charismatic type church. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so this is this is uh, one. This may be more Scottish uh, singers that are miserable. Um, <laughs> no, that's an American okay, thing too. <laughs> so I, I feel like uh, I think the phrase is, uh, "Do you have the joy of Jesus in your heart?" Yes. Okay, tell your face. Okay, uh, you know when you're right, singing, right, yeah. and I get that that's hard to you know you're trying not to have yeah. the focal point on you, but you're singing about our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're miserable, we're going to be miserable. Yeah. And if you want, you, you named number one Scotsman was Alistair Begg. He has a whole, he has a whole gambit on this about <laughs> being miserable in church. Yeah. Um, I, in, in Nashville, when I lived in Nashville, there was uh, one of the larger churches, Baptist churches in, uh, in the Nashville area um, was televised on Sunday morning. So sometimes before we would go to our, our service, you could watch their service mm-hmm. on TV and I would watch it. And they would show the whole thing, including the congregational singing time. So, and they had a choir. And then people would, you know, sing from hymnals in the congregations, you know, very traditional. And no one, I was just, I remember laughing because the camera would even like zoom in on people. No (laughs) one looked happy. No one was glad to be there. The choir looked miserable. The congregation looked miserable. And I just remember thinking, if anyone is ever interested in like, maybe I should go to church. Yeah. And they turn on this 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 broadcast, they would think, ah, I'm yeah. not sure because these people just look. But the opposite problem that this, I think, raises the opposite issue as well. People look like they're having too good a time. <laughs> I, that's probably been more my experience. Okay. Churches were like, maybe you need to tone it <laughs> down a little. You know, you're not a, like the the cheerleaders or Scottish people don't have an issue with this. They're feeling it too much. It's almost sort of uh, sensual. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Those folks, I feel like they need That's to come much. down a few notches. There was one uh, YouTube uh, song that I, I, I watched, and the song was When We All Get to Heaven, okay. which is, you know, really yeah, joyful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they swim in the choir. It's the most miserable bunch you've ever seen. It's like when we all get to heaven, our faces they are like wait. ash before, before our Lord Jesus. I have one more. Okay, one more. And I think it's a debate rather than a picky thing. Oh, all right, here we go. Uh, playing and plucking a guitar piano during a prayer. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Setting that, the mood, the mood the, music. The, well, uh, if you've got hearing aids, it's a big no because it kind of mucks up with hearing aids and things like that. Um, I, I don't speak from experience. I speak from many complaints okay. over the years. Um, playing music and speaking at the same time for people wearing hearing aids, it's really difficult for them to pick up So do you mean like um, it's an invitation time or something or so, like the preacher speaking and now someone's come up to, to well, do it's the like music as, in the yeah, background? Yeah, as we go to prayer, let's pray, yeah. you know, let's bow our heads and you go ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it's starting to play in the background. Yeah, the yeah. kind of mood music. Okay. I'm personally okay with it. Yeah. Um, 
other people in my household um, are maybe not as okay with okay. it. But yeah, I, I, that's a debate one. And nearly every church I've served in, that's been an, a, one of the issues that have come up. Yeah. Can the worship leader just stop playing when we're praying type thing? It's kind of weird because I feel like it's trying to create a mood or a feeling. Like what's the purpose of it is sort of, I, I suppose there is a mood some and kind a of feeling. feeling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I, maybe that's not bad in and of itself. Yeah. I don't I don't know. But it does somewhat feel uh, yeah. Maybe manipulative. I mean, I have you not had that experience from your green room walk? Up oh, to for the sure. In fact, I was um, at a place recently where I was asked, uh, "When when do you want the keys?" <laughs> and I thought they meant like keys. the keys for the door. I don't know. Yeah, like like the pot for in my pocket. And I was very confused. And I looked at them and I said, "The keys to what?" And they said, "No, no, no. Like when do you want the keys to come in?" Oh, and they meant at the end of my yeah. sermon, someone's going to come out. And play and like so, hype up the end of your yes, sermon. because they would have a response time, yeah. and they want to begin the vibe yeah. before the sermon ends. And so they're like, "Could we have your manuscript so we know when you're getting towards the end?" And I would love to know what your response. So was. in the first service, the keys came in while I was uh, praying to close. Okay, and I always, you know, let the hosts. Uh, like lead their invitations yeah. because uh, you know I figured they know their people best and yeah. how it should be conducted. So Absolutely. I just pray and get off. But so during the first service, I'm praying and I hear it, you know, the key startup. During the second service, however, uh, they started in like when I was in like my third to last paragraph because I'd sent them the manuscript and they looked and they went, oh, this is is like when he's about to end and there will be, you know, this will be the closer. And so I got and all of a sudden I hear the, you know, the little music in the background. I was like, oh, it's already starting. So they had the vibe going. See, if it was me, I would turn around and be like, no, yeah, I'm not done yet. (laughs) Well, the other thing, too, is um, in in the places where they turn the lights down for the music, sometimes they don't turn them up for the preaching. And so you get up to (laughs) preach, and you can't see anybody. And I'm like, this is not like a stand-up performance or something. Like, I want to be able to see if people are tracking with me. I want to see who's nodding, who's who's sleeping. Mean, yeah. I just want, I want to see who's <laughs> yeah. laughing. Yeah. I want to be able to see people when I preach yeah. to them, and and that the spotlight kind of preaching yeah. kind of you know throws me off. So I feel like we've been grumpy for a little while. Yeah, now. Should we be encouraging? Do we have any encouraging things? Well, I mean, the opposite of everything we just said, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. But there are there are there are some specifics. Yeah. Um, I have one specific, and it actually came okay. from a recent service, our own church, Liberty. Okay. Our worship leader um, there, and and, and my. My positive is when the worship leader genuinely loves Jesus mm. and you can see it yeah. as they're worship leading. And, and just even just this last weekend, that's what I saw. I saw it in the face. I saw it in his playing. I saw it in his singing. And you just, you cannot help be, be led into worship and praise yeah. because they are worshiping and praising Jesus. Yeah, And just having that love of Christ flowing from them, which you would think is just a, a general norm, but it's not. So when it does happen, I think that's so encouraging. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that would be my point is love Jesus and love others. The, the, the great command, well, do that as your worship leader. Mm. And, and the worship, I was going to say experience, I don't mean it experience, but more just the worship time as a congregation will be abundantly blessed. And, and I think our, our worship leader at Liberty does that really well. Yeah. I, I like it when the songs are theologically rich, mm. but simple to follow. Yep. They're not, you know, not simplistic, but they're easy to sing together. Um, I like it when it's not one note. So, you know, some, I guess if I can use the word worship set or whatever, but mm-hmm. when the, when the set of songs is all down yeah. beat or it's all lament or something, I like 
some variety. Yep. And I, I'm just me personally, this is my personal taste. I like more upbeat songs yep. and, you know, you know, that sort of thing. So when it's all very kind of slow or downbeat, I'm not saying we can never do that, but, you know, variety yeah. and tempo, those sorts of things, not getting in a rut. I like, I like uh, that. Um, not big on the banter as we sort of discussed, yeah. but when you can connect it to a scripture or just 100%. really sort of yep. embed, you know, Bible reading in particular in there, um, maybe a little prayer or, or a little introductory word, but not the mini sermons. Yeah, it's, you know? it's connecting it. So when we're singing, yeah. if you're singing theologically rich songs, it's highly likely you're singing scripture somewhere yeah. in that in that song. So tell us the scripture. So before you start, right. I don't need a sermon, but you can say, hey, in you know, Psalm 2, this is the one line you see, and we're going to sing that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I really like is when they give a very, very brief, and, I, and I'm <laughs> emphasizing brief, um, history of a hymn. So something like It Is Well, oh, okay. Horatio Spafford, right. you know, just giving one minute. And, and saying, you know, you, you might be hitting the storms of life. Well, Horatio Spafford hit those and he wrote it, it as well. Let us sing that song. Yeah, yeah. But, but those are limited one minute things. But when they're connected to theological songs, scripture, and, and the history of the songs, they just add to the worship and time of the church. Yeah. So I don't really need to know your feelings on it. I want to know the history of it, both theologically and and how the song was written. Would you say, I think there's a difference between, we're going to kind of pan up here in, in, in conclusion to kind of, you know, philosophy and, and I guess and to some extent ecclesiology, I don't know. But um, there's a difference, I'll say, in feel between the worship leader who thinks the music is summoning God and the worship leader who knows that the music is in response to yes. God summoning us. Yes. So, you know, good liturgy helps with this, that call and response dynamic, you know, call to worship and the singing is a response to God's call to us. But the churches where it's like, it's all a vibe, man, is sort of like, I, I almost feel like this is a, we're trying to summon mm-hmm. an experience, summon a feeling, whereas in good congregational singing, theologically rich, you know, biblically contextualized, well-led, it's... It's all seen as this is praise. This is just is like, you know, worship is response to God summoning us, and those two kind of, you know, philosophies of of um, worship music have different yeah. vibes. Yeah. <laughs> they do have different, yeah. you know, vibes to them. All right, it's been a great episode. I think um, we're gonna do some more pet peeves, not on our next co-hosting episode, but we'll wait a little bit. But we're going to do some preacher pet peeves next. See, you called it co-hosting episode. Is it not comrading episode? Oh, sorry. You don't like co-hosting? Cohorting episode. Co-mingling episode. Uh, this is getting weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. We'll, we'll do some preacher pet peeves on our next pet peeves episode. If you're sitting there wondering, all right, you're picking on the worship leaders. How about you preachers? We've got some pet peeves coming. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your worship leading and in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church. 